Hello everyone, this is Joyce J. Jones, Health and Life Coach, Registered Nurse, and Chronic Care Professional. Welcome back to my podcast. If you would like to know more about me and what I will be sharing, you can listen to my first podcast. And as I promised, I am continuing to talk about your liver. This topic is about cirrhosis of the liver. So my title is Yellow is not mellow. Before I begin, this is my disclaimer. What I am sharing is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease, symptom, or condition discussed. Please share any concerns with your doctor and always follow the treatment plan of your healthcare provider. So cirrhosis is defined as scarring of the liver. Fibrosis is hardening and is caused by liver damage. If there's any hardening, the cells don't work the same and cause a faulty filtration system. And this is another stage of liver disease. Cirrhosis of the liver is a chronic and progressive condition where healthy liver tissue is replaced by scar tissue. It's like when you have surgery or even a scar on your arm or or knee. You know, when you bust your knee as a child, or maybe that was just me, I developed the scar, so that scar tissue, so that happens inside your body. And eventually, this can lead to liver failure. This scarring disrupts the normal structure and function of your liver. So cirrhosis can be caused by various factors, including uh, chronic alcohol abuse, viral hepatitis, such as hepatitis B or C, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and remember those initials from the last time, it's N-A-F-L-D, which is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It can also be caused by autoimmune liver diseases and certain genetic disorders. Some of the symptoms of cirrhosis may not appear until liver damage is extensive. However, when symptoms do occur, it can include fatigue, weakness, jaundice, which is the yellowing of the skin or eyes, and uh, you can develop easy bruising or bleeding, itchy skin. I I remember my mom had that really bad, that itching. I think I talked about that in, in my initial talk about the liver where she developed this dry, itchy skin. Uh, You can also develop fluid buildup in the abdomen, which is called ascites, where you have that barrel type stomach. You can even have small legs and arms or and this big belly. Or you can have edema in your legs, that swelling in your legs, um, confusion and weight loss. So what causes the yellowing? Well, the bilirubin is what causes the yellowing. It's a buildup of The bilirubin is a breakdown of your red blood cells, as it should, but normally it passes through your liver and eventually is excreted out of your body. But with cirrhosis, it can build up 
cannot be eliminated. So that can cause that yellowing of your eyes, your urine, your skin. So pay attention to those. So cirrhosis is diagnosed through a combination of doing a extensive medical history, physical exam, blood tests, some imaging such as an ultrasound or an MRI may be necessary, and at some sometimes um, a liver biopsy. But that's not usually needed because you have the other symptoms that can let you know that's what it is. And you can um, some of the treatments. I'll go with some of that first. Some of the treatments. The primary goal is to slow it down because it's progressive, but you can slow it down and you can manage the symptoms and prevent complications. And this involves addressing the underlying cause, like uh, if it's alcoholism, stop drinking, or if you need to be in a program, um, maybe getting that treatment, inpatient treatment, antiviral therapy for the hepatitis, as well as uh, medications to manage the symptoms like the ascites. Sometimes they have to put a drain in and drain that fluid out. Or um, hepatic encephalopathy, which is an altered mental status from the toxins, the neurotoxins in the blood due to the impaired liver function and lactic acid buildup, you get confused or maybe um, even to the point of uh, being coma, comatose, but that would be in severe cases of liver failure. In advanced cases, a liver transplant may be the best or only option. But what can you do? Because, you know, the goal of this is always to give you knowledge so you can take control of your health and do what you can to prevent these things. And prevention is the best cure. So avoiding risk factors such as, you know, drinking. If you have a family history of alcohol, alcohol addiction, you know that that's something you have to be watchful for. And if you choose to drink, drink water also. I can't remember the ratio of water to alcohol, but it also depends on your tolerance. It depends on your weight. It depends on what you're drinking. Wine versus, you know, like um, tequila, vodka, or some of those strong drinks, you know, it does make a difference how they filter through your body and what other things they impact along the way. So also, practice safe sex to prevent hepatitis infection. And, you know, I'm not going to get into premarital sex and all that, at least not on this call. Maintain a healthy weight and diet to prevent um, the fatty liver disease. And some recommend getting vaccinated against hepatitis B. But I never tell you to or not to get vaccinated. That's your personal choice with your doctor. Routine medical checkups and screening uh, can help detect liver problems early on and when they are more treatable. Also be aware of the number of medications that you are taking, how they interact together, how toxic they are, etc. And consider asking the pharmacists, they're there and they're doctors, 
um, ask them about the medications they know or they have access to tell you about any interactions with your medication. And be aware of the over-the-counter medications and supplements. Taking too many of those can also mess up your liver. And there are tons of supplements. You know, I hear all these different things about bone broth and, and deer placenta and all these other things that's uh, out there. So just be aware of what you're putting in your body. Is it for, is it for you or, or not? So just be aware of that. Pay attention to yourself. I know we can get caught up in everyday life, you know, work, kids, household chores, but take a few minutes in the morning to look at your eyes, look at your skin, feel around in your abdomen for tenderness, touch it and squeeze it and see if there's any lumps or swelling. Look at your bowel movement. Yes, that's what I said. Look at it. It's coming out of your body, so uh, it's okay to look at it. It's not gross. It's necessary. Listen, I have looked at and cleaned up others' stool for decades, so surely you can look at your own. It can let you know what's going on in your body by the consistency of your stool. Are you constipated? Is it diarrhea? What's going on there? What have you been eating? You know, you've been eating a lot of corn. Is it coming out? Is that can cause hyperthyroidism or get caught in your folds and your in your colon? But that's another podcast. Uh, look at the color. Is it green? Is it yellow? Is it black? Is it red? You know. What have you been eating? If you do juicing and you use a lot of like kale, spinach, and the mixed greens, your stool may be green because that's what you've been eating. That's what's going to come out. So uh, you want to be careful about that. So you'll know that like if you do or think you might have intestinal problems, avoid like red jello or things that have that red color in it because it can confuse you then you want to pay attention to the odor um it can be more foul if you eat a lot of meat or different things like that so just be aware of it nothing's taboo when it's your body it's not taboo bleeding in the lower gi Lower GI bleeding is called it usually is from the colon or rectum, and it can be anything from diverticulitis to uh, blockage to internal hemorrhoids or external hemorrhoids. So that's usually a bright red, so be, be aware of that. Upper GI bleeding, upper intestinal bleeding, and the stomach usually comes out black. They call it tarry stools, and it has an old blood smell that you won't forget. So shout out to all of my caring bed, I said caring, bedside nurses and PCTs that are there to help patients to get cleaned up and not lay in their stool because the acids in your stool can break down your skin and open you up for bed sores and things like that. So shout out to um, my caring professionals. So. This is a personal experience that I had in my bedside career that is still clear in my head to this day, and it had to be 20 years ago. I remember a critically ill patient that I took care of in ICU, 
and they had severe upper GI bleeding. I was working a 12-hour night shift, which is 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and all night I was giving blood and cleaning the blood. It's like I was putting it in and it was coming out. That morning on my way home, I could still smell the odor of the stool, in addition to what we call a banana bag, because it's yellow and it's got all the different vitamins in it. I was hanging that, so that smell and the blood smell, it was just a lot. The odor was so fresh in my nostrils, and I did have on a mask. I, you know, you wear a mask when you're taking care of patients, you should, especially if you're gonna be in their face there in the ICU, you know, on a ventilator or whatever, you definitely wanna do that for their sake as well as yours. That's for my nurses and my healthcare. And it was pouring down rain, and it was still dark out. I still remember it so clear. I had to pull over in my car and throw up on the side of the road. It was just, I just remember how nauseated that smell just made me, you know, but that's just what comes with the territory. So pay attention to your filtration systems. Your stool and urine reflect how your liver and kidneys are doing their job overnight while you are sleeping. That's why it's important to get your sleep because that's when your body rests and heals. Don't ignore how you feel. Make appointments with your doctor and keep that appointment. Don't cancel your appointments. You need to keep those appointments. So I'm going to do something that I have not done before and that is ask you for your feedback related to my podcast. Is this information useful to you? That's what I want to know because my goal is to inform you so you can make informed decisions so you can be aware and 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 do self-care to help you know that when something happens you're not so far along that you can't do anything don't ignore uh, the early signs and symptoms so it's always good to know your impact so I'm asking you if you can email me you know your feedback about my podcast and I also invite you to tune in to my next podcast which will be about liver failure and liver transplant I hope to release that one in a couple weeks I know it was a long time uh, to this one but you know as they say, life be life. And so I have to get these done when I can. I do want to be more consistent. And um, any particular topics that might be helpful, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to replace your doctor. I'm not trying to teach you medicine or how to become a nurse or anything like that. This is for information purposes only. So thank you for listening. My website is joyce-j-jones-llc.com and you can find me on Facebook at Joyce J. Jones Health and Life Coach. So until the next episode, remember, change your habits, transform your life.